Hello and welcome to the Leadership and Insurance Podcast. This is the podcast that brings you the greatest innovation change makers in the world of insurance and insure tech. We speak to innovation leaders from carriers and brokers. We speak to insure tech founders and C-suite executives. And we bring you all of the people that add value to that community, whether it be private equity, venture capitalists, or even people like organizational psychologists and thought leaders and futurists. We try really hard to bring you the most innovative people in the world of insurance on a global basis. So with that in mind, we'd love your support. So please like, share, follow or subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Alex Bond. Welcome to the Leadership Insurance Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by FinPro. FinPro is a leading insurtech specialist recruitment business that operates on a global basis. We have delivered assignments across North America, throughout Europe and into Asia. We are super excited to speak to anyone who has some recruitment challenges that is either starting or scaling a business. And we're confident we can help you find the people to help you innovate the world of insurance one new hire at a time please visit our website, www.wearefinpro.com for more information. Hello, and one last introduction and uh, interruption to the podcast, I promise. Um, Just wanted to tell you about the flight series, the Female Leaders in Insurance Technology event series that we've been running since the start of 2022. We had a brilliant webinar in January, and we're looking forward to a fantastic in-person event on the 17th of March, which is being held at the Folly in London. It's a breakfast event starting at 7.30, but we won't keep you for ages. It's just going to be a fantastic spirited conversation about people, innovation, and culture. And we've got some phenomenal uh, speakers that are going to lead that conversation. Look for more information and tickets. You can either find us on Eventbrite or alternatively, the best places to go to our website, www.wearefinpro.com for more information. Thank you. Good morning and welcome to the Leadership Insurance Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Bond, and I'm really lucky today to be joined by uh, Netta, who is uh, CTO and co-founder of uh, Parametrics. Um, hi, how are you? Hello, doing uh, doing very well. <laughs> how are Good. you? Yeah, I'm all right. We're doing that ruse of speaking for 10 minutes and then starting a conversation again, which always feels yeah. a bit awkward. <laughs> <laughs> um, but look, you, you work for a fantastic business and, and um, yeah, really excited to have you on. So thank you very much for being here. Um, always love to start with, you know, you introducing yourself and, and the business. So yeah, if you could take it away, I'd love to hear how you frame what it is that you guys do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so maybe just a, a little bit about me. So, uh, hi, my name is Netta. Um, I'm actually originally from, uh, the California Bay area, uh, but I went to university in, uh, Israel. Uh, I've worked in both places. I have a, a background in software engineering and I was a software engineer for a number of years. Um, and my background has always been, uh, been technology. And then just a little bit about parametrics. So we've essentially created downtime insurance, um, when, and that means that when the cloud goes down, that's a risk that today businesses can financially protect themselves against and get coverage for. Um, and that's important because today it, it, cloud is the second or third expense that a business has. Um, and actually cloud consumption is, is only growing. So this mm-hmm. risk is really, really only growing as we see more and more businesses adopt um, digital services and cloud services. 
Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. I really want to get into that. That, that it's a new, uh, yeah, a new sort of invention of insurance products. So that's, um, yeah, that's hugely exciting. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not often we can talk about that on uh, on an insurance based podcast. Right. So, yeah, I wanted to dig into that, but I wanted to go back to you on your team. Um, so you all you all meet at university. Um, I'm always intrigued by this because I'm, I'm a solopreneur. Um, it probably says I'm just uh, not very good with friends. Uh, but, um, you know, what's it like uh, working with a bunch of people that you're friends with, um, particularly for the pressures of, you know, uh, a fast growing uh, startup business? Um, I wanted to know the pros and the cons. Yeah. So there must be both sides of it. How's that experience been? Right. I think I get to see my my co-founders more than I see anyone else in my life. And so, so you have to have a great connection with, with your co-founders. And I really don't think it would have been possible without each one in the mix. Um, I think we really complete each other. And, uh, and, and, you know, at this point they're, they're my best friends. So, um, you know, we're, we're business partners and friends, and that just makes the journey so much better. Yeah. Any negatives about that setup? Any, any <laughs> like, uh, I, I mean, I don't want to dig the term. I always think, is it harder to sort of push on things you believe because these are your friends rather than, uh, you know, and I, I think you have to be friends in business, but but there's there's sort of boundaries of that. Whereas you guys were sort of friends first, then business partners. So um, uh, is that a factor sometimes that it's harder to sort of push against these things that you don't necessarily agree on? Um, I think... I, I think you'll always have disagreements with with anyone that you're working with. Um, and I think as friends, you just kind of find a way of, of getting over it. Um, I, I don't see I maybe, you know, I've I've heard horror stories, but, you know, we haven't really experienced that. I think we've we've really just been able to complete each other um through the good times and the bad and yeah, yeah. you know i hope that yeah. continues <laughs> yeah 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 say so, I'm, I'm not i'm not wishing any uh, bad bad uh, situations on you guys at all yeah. but I, I always think that's intriguing um but it's you know you've got very delineated roles like you you know you know where, where each one's lane so i think it's all yeah. about kind of respecting that that space as well but um but yeah no thank you We're, i mean teams is a fascinating part of what we do and i always think you know we talk to investors and vcs um quite often and, and they're it's the team that they invest in we hear that all right. the time um you know it's a lot easier when you sort of turn up and there's four of you and you're, you're experts in your kind of uh, certain categories so yeah fascinating um so let's talk about your, you created eventually a new, a new insurance product. Um, and um, how do you, how does one go about that? Because you, 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 it's not a variation on a theme. Like how do you get your pricing right? How do you get your model right for a new product? Yeah. Um, yeah. So we have created a, a new product, the, the pricing, the models, the data, nothing existed before. So we had to start from scratch. Um, our first hires were insurance hires. Um, so we have a team of, uh, actuaries in house. And, um, that was really one of the, the first hires that we had. Um, and it was important for us to, to, to see that we can actually create these models. Um, the data was something that we collected as well. So mm-hmm. we actually have, we've built our own monitoring system that collects data about cloud and cloud downtime. Um, and we collect over 675 million data points a week at this point. Um, so the data and the models together are something that we had to create in order to create this, this new uh, insurance product, essentially. 
<laughs> now I'm reminded of some of our notes here, which says apparently there's a story about your first actuarial hire that I should yeah. ask you about. <laughs> so Definitely. could you tell us about that? Yeah. Um, yeah. So we um we our our first hire and actually our first actuarial hire. Um, his name is uh, Daniel Benjamin. Today he's our VP of insurance. Um, and, uh, and he was our first hire up until today. Uh, we have no idea how, uh, uh <laughs> how he, uh, agreed to, to join us at such an early stage. Um, you know, we were just, uh, just the four of us kind of in, um, kind of a makeshift office space, sort of a garage type, uh, you know, the classic startup story. Um, yeah. and, and then you get this guy that has been working for 20 years in the insurance industry at large insurance corporates. Um, and, and he's sitting next to us in, uh, in, in this garage. Um, and you know, it's, it's, uh, it's shocking that he had so much, so much belief in us, um, in, in those early days, uh, but today he, he leads an entire team, um, and he leads all of the, the models and the pricing and the aggregation risk and just everything. So, um, you know, it was, uh. It was a good good bet on uh, on his side and a very good hire on ours. How do you make that happen? Because that's something I get <laughs> I get asked about that a lot of the time, and 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 you know I do take some roles on where I I've got an investor that strongly says you know we we've, we've got one at the moment where they they really like the business but they need a technical co-founder so we're trying to find them a technical co-founder. Uh, I I get I get technical founders who are going we need an insurance person but. Yeah. It's really it's a really hard sell, right? So how did how did you sell it? Um, uh, well, maybe we should get him on and say, well, why did you join these? Why <laughs> yeah, did you, you join can definitely these? Ask yeah. him, get his side of the story because uh, I could tell you we were just incredible, and uh, you know um, uh, he couldn't say no. Um, no, I'm kidding. But we um, we started off small, so we started off uh, uh, working together. Um, you know, it was like one or two days a week. Um, for, for about a month. And then we saw, you know, that, that it's working and, and the data reads well, and, um, and there really is a lot of potential. And then, um, from there, it just, uh, it, it ended up that he joined the team full time. Um, mm -hmm. and so it really, uh, you know, we, we started off small and I think both sides just kind of wanted to test the waters. Um, so it ended up working and we were connected to Daniel, um, through, you know, just spreading the word. We, we, we spread the word that we were looking. Um, initially, it was for an actuary. I, I don't think we uh, expected that we'd get one so good. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But uh, but yeah, we just spread the word and and uh, we're connected to to Daniel and it you know it it worked out. Um, and for technical founders, I I actually get this a lot. I get a lot of people asking if I know other CTOs um, that that, um, you know, are interested in joining a, a startup, either as a co-founder or from an early stage. Um, and there are a, a lot of people actually that are, that are interested. I think it's just a matter of connecting them with the right, uh, founders. And cause, cause that founding team is really, really mm -hmm. important aspects that, mm. you know, everyone completes each other and, um, both from a personal aspect and, and a professional one. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's the, it's the kind of art and the science part of it. I really think is it's like getting that magic, right. Um, the co-founding team is, is, is super important. So um, I wanted to ask you about kind of how do you generate interest? Um, because 
you know, so you come along, you create this new product. Um, how do you get capacity? Um, you know, how did you go about that journey? Even in terms of practical steps, because we talk about trying to get capacity a lot. Um, how did you do it? How did it work for you guys? Right. Um, so the thing is, you know, there's there's plenty of these types of risks are not unknown to mm-hmm. to the insurer reinsurance industry. Um there's a lot of risk that they 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 know about uh, and it's just a matter of you know proving that you have the models and you have the data in order to actually understand this risk um better than anyone else yeah. and so it's not so much a matter of of saying hey you know here's this risk that you guys totally forgot about um because they've uh, trust me they've mapped out the risks um yeah. uh, really well um it's more a matter of saying hey we have this data that no one else has uh, we have models that are based off of this data and no one else has these models. Mm. Um, and, uh, and, and let's work, work together and, and, uh, you know, create this, this wonderful product. And, um, we went through a due diligence process, uh, with the reinsurers that we're working with. Um, and it's a, it's a, a very long and, um, and, and very in-depth due diligence process. But once you're out on the other end, um, you have an amazing partnership where, uh, these reinsurers, you know, put their trust in you. And so um, we, we've really been able to, to build that trust. And it's just having data, having models, having something that someone else doesn't have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think, but, but, but it's the storytelling of that, those models as well, isn't it? I think there's a lot of smart people out there that have come to the industry um, and whether they're unable to tell the story in the right way. Um, does that go back to the team again, do you think, in terms of like having the right founding team that you can present that that story, that picture in a compelling way? Um, and I don't mean by that that yeah. it's just a story. Like it's, it's, it's a, you know, but it's, you can be right and, and not accept it as well, I think is, 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 is what I'm trying to get at. Right. I think the team has a lot to do with it because when you go through a due diligence process, um, each one within the team will present their area of, uh, of responsibility. And, and if you don't have the right team put together to be able to present that uh, mm-hmm. in a way that creates trust and in a way that, that creates credibility, um, if it's you know just one person saying, hey, I have a technology background and an insurance background, and I have all this data, and you know, I have business background and sales background, it, you know, maybe, maybe that's, um, a little harder to sell, but, but yeah, yeah, if you have a team that, um, you know, Hey, Daniel's done this for 20 years. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the Tamir has, has already built and, uh, um, you know, exited, a a startup before. Um, and so you really build this team together and in the due diligence process, I think they see that because they have sessions, individual sessions with each one. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds terrifying. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I wanted to go back to the, like nearly skipped over the sort of ludicrously large number of data points you pick up in a, in a, in a, I think it was a week, a week you gave me. Um, What what are you looking at that's new and novel um, that you can share? I'm sure there's some of the stuff that's kind of unique to you, but you know, and, and kind of, I suppose, is it the capability from a technical point of view to, to process that and, and bring value from that? Or is it, or is it different data sources that's the sort of secret to, to, to doing this effectively? 
No, it's all us. It's not not different data sources. Um, and I can tell you everything uh, we're doing. I just can't tell you how we're doing it. Yes, um, fair enough. But essentially, <laughs> essentially uh, what we're doing is mapping out the internet. So yeah. we are actually, we have built and are monitoring, uh, we've built a monitoring system and are monitoring all of the uh, cloud services. So uh, essentially we monitor the infrastructure of the cloud. Um, and we collect data while we're monitoring that infrastructure. So we'll be able to tell you exactly how um, AWS, Google Cloud, Microsoft Azure, uh, in all their data centers, in all the services that they provide, how those are performing. Um, and the cloud, when you think about it, isn't just one piece. The cloud um, has over 250 data centers spread out worldwide. Um, and we're actually monitoring each one from multiple points uh, across multiple services. Um, so that's the monitoring system that we've developed, the technology that we've developed, and it produces these 675 million data points a week that from there, we take that and we build our models off of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Breaks the question as well, was, was there ever consideration of just creating it as a as a technology product and, and and not not going down the path of kind of a sort of an insurance offering um, and just perhaps selling it in a in a different way and using the same sort of technology yeah we've definitely uh, been uh, offered to you know just produce technology um and and sell that quite quite a lot of times um but we see a lot of value in because this is a new product we see a lot of value in um, understanding the customer needs and being there for the customer uh, and, and generating the product itself, not just the technology and the data um, and the models. And so uh, we see a lot of value in, in being there. Um, it's not to say that we haven't uh, white labeled before, but that's definitely um, only in markets where we don't uh, have licenses or don't want to be licensed. Um, and so we have, you know, white labeled before, but um, definitely our, our preference. And I think also where we excel is with the entire product. Um, cause, cause the, that was our vision at the end of the day. And it still is um, yeah. creating downtime insurance, not just a monitoring system or producing mm -hmm. data. Mm -hmm. And that was the, that was the idea from inception. That was, you know, the execution has been exactly as you planned. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> more or less, but yes. yeah, yeah, more or less. I mean, uh, bumps along the road, of course. Um, but um, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's that's interesting as well to go back to kind of building teams because um, you know one of the things that people do is they sort of grow and then they they might shed people because they have to pivot. Um, we're always talking about those kinds of journeys as well. So it's I think a clarity of vision is what people in my experience is what people have drawn to, you know, um, I always say they have to believe in the sort of like the product or service, um, the C-suite team and, 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 and to be frank, the investors, like, like, is there enough yeah. investment there? What's the runway, all of that good stuff. Um, so yeah, it's, um, if you've got clarity of vision and clarity of the, of the kind of direction and, um, it's very appealing to people because this, this, it's simpler to digest. It's easier to understand. Um, what's the um, what's been the kind of feedback from the end consumer um in terms of kind of you know you've been up and running uh, 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 uh some time now so like there must be sort of some good data that you've gathered and and some even just anecdotal stuff but yeah where, where what's been the kind of feedback from their side 
Yes. So um, we've we've had really, really good feedback. Uh, we see that customers have this need. Um, they understand it. And actually, that's something that um, I think we we really uh, we see the need when the customer just gets it. Uh, when yep. you say, hey, down cloud downtime insurance, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. You know, I spend hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars on cloud consumption. Yeah, of course, that's something that I need to insure. Mm. Um, you know, if my business experiences an outage, yeah, of course, that has financial repercussions for me. Um, and so the demand is there. We have amazing feedback from our customers. Um, and that's at the point of, you know, the, the sales point or the point of, of, um, of uh, the product itself. But we also had amazing feedback from uh, the claims that were paid. Um, yep. So we've actually had some um, outages where we had claims paid and, uh, and we had amazing feedback there as well, because, you know, our, our coverage is, is parametric as well. So um, there's, there isn't this long claims process attached to the product. Uh, we monitor the, these, these clouds, we monitor the services that the customers use. We know exactly how they're performing and more importantly, when they're not performing, and then uh, we initiate the claims process. And so essentially uh, it creates an amazing customer experience um, that, uh, that you know, customers aren't quite used to from the insurance industry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think parametric solutions are, are, are something that, you know, the more I've got to know them, uh, you know, and then the sort of application, it's, it's, it's basically the dream insurance product if you if you can make it work in a parametric way almost why wouldn't you um i think the only time you want a human involved is is those personal situations like like would i want an automatic cash payment if something tragic in my life had happened right maybe not but 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 maybe that's uh maybe that that, that those are rarer most of the time you're going right how can i get back to the situation i was in from a financial point of view um i was going to ask you like two things really off the back of that obviously you, you most of the time you're dealing with educated buyers um you know they're spending this money they know what it's for but is there an education piece that goes into you know some of what you do as, a, as in like why this is important or why this is the right strategy for that or is that less less of a part of the role um i think there's always going to be education uh, with with any product whether it's a, a new product like ours or whether it's um an existing product that maybe you have you know some sort of innovation piece on um there's always going to be education uh, as long as as the need is there and you know the risk is big enough um I think that makes it much easier on the education piece because if you have to explain yeah. the risk or explain the need, um, then that makes it much more difficult. In our case, it's basically just explaining um, how the coverage works or what a parametric coverage is, um, which is always which always gets you know really good feedback because it's like oh, there's no claims process. How does yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, why why doesn't all my insurance work that way? Um, <laughs> And so uh, there definitely is some some education, um, but I'd say since the demand is there and, and the risk is known, it, it makes it easier. Yeah, yeah. Has that changed over time as well in terms of the, over the time you've been operating? Is that, you know, um, I suppose 
uh, how much is not repeat business is like you know like is word of because the technology world is relatively small in terms of the people that would be responsible for these kind of large huge infrastructures that we're talking about and these businesses that were i imagine word of mouth is quite powerful in in your in your industry um in terms of the kind of people that you would try to cover um i was wondering if that, if that's been a factor at all yeah word of mouth and um kind of the changes that the world has experienced over uh, sure. the last couple of years sure. where um you know everyone's been moving to more digital solutions uh, and and online more and so cloud consumption um was increasing at, at drastic speeds before but now it's increasing even more than anyone could have imagined and so um it's i think we definitely are seeing um momentum uh mm-hmm. from both aspects both word of mouth and um you know just everyone moving to the cloud a lot due to covid as well because mm. what's what's the distribution model for the business what, what where do you who do you partner with so we're actually partnered with 50 uh top brokers um in uh, in the us in uh we actually just launched in europe as well so um we're live in italy germany and austria uh with more to come and so we're partnered uh, with top brokers there as well as well um, broker channels have been uh, phenomenal for us, um, but we also have the option to sell uh, direct as well. So we're licensed as well, um, and if you know, if need be, and uh, um, we it can go through us as well. Yeah, perfect, perfect. And and what's the in terms of the target size of company? Um, is there a limit to that? Um, I'm, I'm, I suppose more what's typical, but I I, th- I think the evolution of that because I, I just think I'm just sort of talking to you and I'm thinking about larger businesses, but then I'm also sitting here looking at, you know, I was having a conversation with someone yesterday that everything I every part of my technology stack is now cloud based, um, which is amazing. But the tech stack of a recruiter is is not what it was when I started. It's like it's the significant part of my investment. It's it's basically the tools of my job. Um, there'll be a load of people throwing stuff at the screen or going, yeah, but you could just do it with a phone and your black book. And yeah, okay, you could, but you can't in a modern context for scaling businesses. So even small businesses like mine are completely reliant on this. Um, so do you cater to kind of some of the smaller businesses as well, or are you focused on kind of larger sort of enterprise size clients? We do everything across the board. Um, so essentially yeah. the, the way that, um, uh, like, like you mentioned, anyone that's on the cloud has a need um, yeah. for, or a, anyone that is reliant on the cloud uh, has a need for downtime insurance. Um, it can go from SMB, SME and up, uh, you know, to large corporates, uh, public companies, we, we can really do um, anything across, across that scale. Um, and, uh, and I'd say, you know, the pricing is, so the way that our, our coverage is structured is, um, it's structured in, uh, coverage per hour. So, um, the business essentially, um, we, we recommend a coverage per hour. They can adjust that based on their needs. Uh, so the smaller businesses will take a smaller coverage per hour and the larger businesses, you know, uh, take a, a, a large coverage per hour. Um, and then since the risk essentially is the cloud provider risk, um, the pricing is just a factor of, of the coverage per hour and, and the services that they use. Uh, it's not a factor necessarily of the business itself because the risk here is the cloud provider going down, not the sure. business. 
Yeah, sure, sure. No, it's an important point. Um, the um, I was going to say that to you as well about pricing because one of the things that we uh, we talk about a lot is that um, the pressure put on the consumer to provide information to like of what coverage they want, and yeah. and you know when you're buying a new insurance product, particularly a new insurance product. Um, you don't know like because you, you know what's the cost and, and so is the recommendation um it, it's a large part of it because presumably with your data set you've got a better sight of what that looks like from a cost perspective as well so right. um yeah that's 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 really important that kind of open open kind of uh communication about pricing um lloyd's lab i wanted to talk to you about because i think that's where i first was sort of aware of you guys i saw you go through it um i was really intrigued um i wanted to find out about that experience generally um yeah talk me through it as well and, and what stage kind of wanted to set the scene of like what stage you were at when you when you went into that process as well yeah um yeah the lloyd's lab was a, a was a great experience um, it really puts you in front of key people in the industry. Um, and, and so even though we went through uh, the Lloyd's lab during COVID, um, you know, we were able to get in contact with, uh, with a lot of key people. Um, so we had a, a fantastic, uh, experience there. Mm. What was like a key takeaway? Um, you know, yeah. Cause where, where were you at that journey point where you, you were, you were, what was the point of the business that you're at? Were you live? Because uh, yeah, time's a weird concept now with COVID. I feel like two hours, yeah. two years just got extracted. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking, were you launched or pre-launch, or were you? Uh, what, what stage were you at at that point? We uh, we were pre-launch. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, we were pre-launch, uh, and actually, the Lloyd's Lab. Uh, some of our first capacity was through um kind of a, a syndicates that that work with the Lloyd's lab and so um we had a really good experience going through that um yeah we, I, I definitely recommend it for you know any startup looking to to work with Lloyd's or looking to you know work with key insurance players um I think the Lloyd's lab came at a, a good time for us uh ideally it would have been uh, in person as well yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. but uh you know um, that's that's just not how uh, the world wanted it to be. Um, no, no, I know it's it's so it's such a weird period of time. I, I met um, I met a client last week, and and we suddenly realised that we've talked for like two years, like every couple of months, and 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 it was one of those weird things we hadn't met in person. Uh, but it took until we were sat in front of each other and going, oh, we've never met. Like it was one of those yeah. strange situations <laughs> uh, uh, because I got to know them so well, and I'm so right. comfortable, so comfortable doing like zooms and calls like this now that you think it's it, it's it, it's weird. I worry that it replaces it entirely, but I'm sure yeah. it won't. Um, and then you and then you discover that they're like really tall or really short, yeah. right? and all of a sudden you're like, oh, you know. I wasn't yeah. expecting you to be this tall. Honestly, honestly, the, 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 the thing I've said twice, I've hired two people uh, recently that I've never met. And yeah. the first thing I've said to both of them, they're both really tall. And I was yeah. like, oh, you're really tall. I was, I'm used to you being specifically this height right. to fit a screen. Um, uh, on the Lloyd's Lab thing, was, was there a sort of key takeaway from that? Um, you know, something you hadn't anticipated that, that potentially um, that, that the insurance... Yeah, people that you got to interact with enabled you to take away. Um, oh, good question. Um, I think I'll take it maybe a, a slightly 
a, a slightly different take on that, um, I think is the Lloyd's lab gives you so many options um, and you, you can kind of choose which way you want to take it um, yeah. and, and kind of what type of mentors you're looking for. Uh, Cause there, there are a lot of different mentors. And, and I think we, um, um, we were working uh, with some of the Lloyd's players just a little bit before the Lloyd's lab. And they kind of helped us in choosing really good mentors uh, in, in the Lloyd's lab. And so we had an amazing experience there. Um, mm -hmm. And so then maybe that's the little tip I can, uh, I can give um, where, you know, just utilize what you're given in, in the Lloyd's lab. Uh, it's it's yeah. there for your taking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds like one of those tips for people that go and work at the, um, you know, when you get the, 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 the crazy internships at the Goldman Sachs, it's like, you, you got to go and pick the right partners for when you're there. Yeah. So like you get to make the most of it. And uh, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's intriguing. I, I want to talk to you about scale. Like, mm -hmm. how are you going to scale what you do? You've obviously launched into Europe. Um, yeah, what's the long term plan you know like where where's where's all this going um you, you've also you've created an insurance product which is a fairly lofty thing was getting getting out to global markets um full stack insurer working in different lines of business or, or are you going to stay in stay in your lane um, what's what's the kind of longer term goal so i think we haven't even um sort of seen the tip of the iceberg of of what this coverage is uh, for the industry, um, we we haven't even you know tapped into uh, a small percentage of of the potential um, with just cloud downtime insurance. Um, and so essentially, we're scaling with this product, uh, where we have amazing partners always looking for more um, brokers. Um, you know, kind of see it as. Um, an additional product to add to their already existing portfolio. So um, it's it's one of those types of products that doesn't um, clash or or you know they have to um, kind of see how what other product they take out in order to put this product in. Um, and so it it's it, it's gotten really good feedback from brokers. Um, and so we see the broker channel, the broker distribution um you know continuing to be to be a strong channel for us um uh, uh country wise uh we're licensed in all 50 states uh in the US so um you know US for us is uh is is pretty much an open market um in Europe we're looking to scale across more countries uh in Europe because at the moment um you know we we actually just launched in Europe so uh, Germany um, Italy and Austria, but looking to scale into more. Um, we're also licensed in, uh, um, sorry, we're also working with uh, uh, Japan and, uh, and selling in Israel as well. So, um, you know, I think from a um, licensing perspective, we're, we're good. Um, we have fantastic partners, but again, always looking for more. Um, and uh, yeah, cloud downtime insurance is, is really, really huge for us. Yeah, yeah, amazing, amazing. Yeah, it's always good to you know execute on the thing that you're really good at to start with, hey. And yeah, uh, um, yeah I was going to tell a funny story about another short tech, but I won't. That's a bit rude. Um, uh, <laughs> well, uh, look, that's, I'm really uh, conscious of your time, but one thing I've like I've started doing and I like doing at the moment, which is yeah, obviously you guys are scaling. Um, 
wanted to give you an opportunity to kind of shout out for any uh are you hiring people at the moment should people reach out to you guys what's the best way to sort of go about that um yeah what a what a want to sort of spread the word for your business as much as we can yeah absolutely um we are hiring you know non-stop so our careers page uh you can scroll through it and there's plenty of positions uh, both uh, from insurance related positions to very technical, um, you know, architects uh, in, in software. Uh, so we really have everything across the board. Um, we're always we're also always looking for for fantastic partners. Uh, we have a lot of great success um, with working with partners in the insurance industry. And I think one of the things that we have done well early on um, was partner with the insurance industry and not go against it, which we see a lot of startups kind of, um, you know, say insurance is broken, uh, we're fixing it. And, and I think we're, uh, we're working alongside um, mm. the insurance partners that we have and, and we see a lot of success in that. And so um, that's something that we will always continue to do. Um, yeah and uh, you know follow along we're we're just at the tip of the iceberg of our of our potential um gaining fantastic traction and uh you know the sky's the limit at this point amazing i think it's a lovely place to end it i i can't i can't believe we got to the end and i i nearly not not mention it because i've always loved you guys have that message of um you know you're not working you're not coming in and telling the insurance industry it's broken you're saying it does a lot of things really, really well, but there's this new, there's this new product, and we think we've got a really smart way of um, solving that problem. And 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 I completely agree. So, um, thank you once again for being a great guest. Um, it's really, um, yeah, it's a pleasure to have you guys on. It's, you're, you're some people that we've wanted to get on for a while. So, yeah, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I uh, I enjoyed it very much. Thank you. As always, this podcast is brought to you by FinPro Search Partners, often simply known as FinPro. FinPro is an executive recruitment business working in the insurance and insure tech space on an international basis. If you would like to find out more about FinPro, please visit our website, www.wearefinpro.com or our FinPro company page on LinkedIn. I've been your host, Alex Bond, and I would personally love to connect with anyone who is interested in the changing world of insurance. So feel free to reach out to me directly, um, either on LinkedIn or via my email, uh, alex at wearefinpro.com. I hope you enjoyed the podcast, and I hope to see you back next week. Thank you.